0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome again to another podcast episode of Talk Architecture. And I'm your host, Naziati Muhammad Yakob. It's very interesting when I browse through the Facebook pages, especially of uh, former students uh, who are now full-fledged architects and doing the thing out there giving reviews and and becoming becoming part of the jury and advisory for different schools of architecture in Malaysia there are more and more schools of architecture and what is interesting Mitch Moss is from Borneo if i'm not mistaken from Sarawak and um he posted 7 hours ago on his facebook page the title concept context and content Okay, I would like to um, read some of the passages in his post. And basically, this is uh, what had transpired recently for him. Last Tuesday, as an advisory panel, I, which is Mitch Moss, had the opportunity to review the works of the Masters of Architecture students from UNIMAS, U-N-I-M-A-S. I believe that is from Sarawak. With the review, by the end of the semester, I have seen not only the works of students from the UITM Kota Samarahan, but also from UTS and UNIMAS. Apart from that, as a critique panel, I also had the opportunity to hear presentations of students from Indonesia, Singapore, and Thailand in the Four Nations Live Design Discourse, LDD, so there are photographs of um, <coughs> Mitch and many others in this event, uh, in his pose. Okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> in the Four Nations LDD, which includes Malaysia as well, it was interesting to hear different point of views of the sites in Kuching, Sarawak, from students and architects outside of Kuching with a series of in-depth analysis and urban design presentations. It was exciting to hear presentations with great energy and enthusiasm, particularly the ones with distinct Thai and Indonesian accents. At a time when I attended and participated in all the sessions, the question of Malaysian identity in architecture resurfaced in a local newspaper a few months ago. The article was shared and commented by many, especially those in the Architectural Fraternity and me as uh, the host of Talk Architecture, I also presented an episode on that, commented on that uh, said article in the local newspaper. So Mitch Moss continued that. It reminded him of one of the essays that he had read many years ago. That year, he applied to do architecture at University of Malaya. And to cut the story short, um he was handed a copy of Professor Ezrin Arbi's writing an essay entitled "Ke Ara Snibenaba Identity Malaysia, which is a um translated as um towards an architect a Malaysian architecture identity which is a a premier sort of a lecture at University of Malaya. So that was his first introduction to the issue of Malaysian identity. Uh, I've mentioned about 1984 during my time when I was a student that I had encountered such a thing. And in any presentation or critique session, uh, Mitch Moss says that most of the time, if not all the time, we do not discuss the question of identity. As digital media has been widely used in the design process, form has become the predetermined factor in many architectural design. This is kind of interesting that I was just also reading about how the, the, the country insisted on using artificial intelligence in uh, um, education in, uh, in, in universities so I was imagining the use of AI to be integrated into the architectural design process. And, and I was asking uh, one lecturer about this. Is computational design equal to architectural design? And she quickly said no. So how, how are you going to have AI in the architectural design process from the beginning? It's all about forms, isn't it? Okay, anyway, back to what uh, Mitch Moss is saying. So architecture, this is important, what he says. Architecture becomes (coughs) the production of images instead of the production of knowledge. As a result, architecture is perceived as a knowledge of form rather than a form of knowledge. (coughs) Okay. (coughs) The one with the production of images is what's happening, isn't it? When you talk about AI integrated into architecture design, Thus, in any presentation or critique sessions, I would usually prefer to hear the first three points of the three Cs, which is the title of his post, Concept, Context, and Content. So, okay, uh, there are a couple more um, uh, paragraphs in which Mitch further says uh, other things, but um, which are good points. But I will want to stop here and talk about this concept content and context, three Cs. Of all those three words, concept we know. Yeah, concept is the concept of a chair, the concept of a door, the concept of a um, a roof, the concept of a table, the concept of a space, the concept of um, an elderly housing, or the concept of a museum, the concept. Could be different concept. A would do uh, Zahadid would do this concept, um, um, and um, Frank Gehry would do another concept, or a Malaysian architect would do a different concept, and so on. So, are you expecting the Malaysian architect to do a Malaysian identity? I I don't know about this right concept, because concept is like your representation of that building type or that design problem. So co- concept is something that is very general or uh, something to describe many things. And then you're talking about content. Content is to do with uh, what is to be said, what is the story. And he did mention about that uh, later, which I would like, I would talk about that later. I would quote what he said, what Mitch Moss said. But then is I'm going back to content. And content is basically that um, something substantial is going on and not just form making. So content is quite general as well. But out of those three Cs, I'm looking at context and context is what it's all about. And the problem with context now, uh, when I was studying architecture before I thought, or I was believed to believe that context is about, site context is about the physical, environmental surroundings. But I've had a conversation about this before, referring to Kevin Matlow's uh, small projects that context to do with people as well, and so this is something that is all what is all about. It's about people meeting with other people, uh, exchange of ideas, um, you know, the meaning of life, um and to do with a lot of things that is more memorable than the architecture itself. So I'm now going to talk about, before I go into that deeper, I'm going to just read a quote from what he said here to give credit to what Mitch has written. Nationalism and national identity were famously explored by Benedict Anderson in his work, Imagine Communities, published in the early 1980s. It was in the same era as well that the movement of national identity in architecture emerged in Malaysia. Yes, it was mentioned about 1984, right? The question and importance of identity, however, was already highlighted by Ibn Khaldun in the Mokaddimah in 1377, many centuries ago. Okay, I haven't read Ibn Khaldun, neither have I read Benedict Edison uh, to be honest okay he described the importance of collective identity or group solidarity in the formation of a nation without it there's no civilization well if 1377 i forgot what era that was in islamic or muslim architecture was that uh what was that was it the, the blue, uh, not not Ottoman. Ottoman is um, 10th century or 11th century. 13th century, we were talking about the region, is Mughal architecture at that time happening. Um, I'm trying to recall which was the era during the 14th century because that was when the Moors started to lose, isn't it? That's when... When the Renaissance was going up and there was the Arab civilization or it's Muslim civilization, civilization happening at the same time. And those embellishment or those transfiguration of previous forms, um, um they endured and they endured because they would work in stone or work in material that are du- durable and long lasting. And they represent the nation because these are mosques or these are institutions that um, that people come to admire from afar. It's like those are the different ages where we have different values as we have uh, as compared or compared to now. So I was thinking about all these thoughts and identities. If it's Benedict Anderson in the 1980s, then we have the rise of, or the emergence of postmodernist uh, thought and translate to postmodernist language and architecture by uh, Charles da- Jenks and others, yeah? So there were debates in the 1980s quite fervently about postmodernism, which le- led to trying to find our identity. So this led to all those buildings, postmodern buildings in Malaysia after they explored all the geometries and modern, um, shall we say, uh, Le Corbusian uh, forms or inspiration. Uh, and all those uh, works during the, what do you call it, The Search for Identity in the 1980s, uh, sorry, 60s, was to do with independence of Malaya, uh, Malaysia. And the forms that they they borrowed were more environmentally friendly. Um, then after that is looking into um, uh, traditional manifestation or the forms that you found in region to do with the roof, because the roof is, shall we say, in certain countries you want it to have it to be a deep roof because because you want the snow not to go in stay up there but in in tropical countries you want the roof to be deep because you want the rain to get out of there so it is more to do with the functionality of the roof what the roof is uh is for right so so that was what happened in malaysia where there was a lot of thinking about the roof and then you have jimmy Lim with CompoMinium and the architecture, the timber architecture that he employed, many of his bungalows, uh, he, the, the use of brickwork as well with timber, and the use of the bracket system, which is a traditional uh, system that he embellished in his uh, modern architecture. So we have a lot of these uh, search for modern architecture through materiality, to construction, through the sense of, the sensibilities of using a touch and smell and taste, you know, in terms of um, resort architecture or designing bungalows and villas as such. We have that in uh, abundance. Uh, and also banks, yeah, the bang Bumiputra at one time. I don't think it's there anymore. I can't see it, but is it? There? I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't been there for a long time. But that was the adoption of the Minangkabau roof, also trigonal roof, but one will lay traditional forms uh, onto a modern building that's air conditioned, by the way. So what Mitch Moss says here in this last paragraph is in architecture, it is best to keep this question open and explore it about identity, obviously. The moment we give an absolute answer to the question, we have or already closed our universe. For example, it's all about roof forms or it's all about tropical architecture or is all about uh, adopting regional uh, ideas or motifs. So we are closing our universe or closing our minds to actually talking about identity. If architecture is a form of knowledge, architecture and identity is worth to be perceived as a living organism, where it will continue to emerge, expand and being alive, says Mitch. Architecture by any definition is a story. As a living, a living creature, we differentiate ourselves by creating dreams and stories. It is a way of talking about our hopes, dreams, and aspirations. The narrative is always about going back into the past, coming into the present, and projecting it into the future, and finding moments in these three conditions, which I assume is the concept, context, and content um that are relevant special significant and close to our hearts so he ended like um the meaning of things uh this is a quote from antoine de saint exupéry the meaning of things lies not in the things themselves but in our attitude towards them right thank you so much mitch i'm using your posts I didn't ask for permission, but I'm sure that I'm going to copy this podcast episode right there so that it would represent my argument with regard to what you have posted. Now, I'm putting in CCC with identity. What is the closest of all the C's? The closest would be context, isn't it, with people. But people have changed from then and now. So when you talk about the past, what lessons have we learned from the past, says your mental health guru, so that you will learn those lessons. Well, definitely, we were to look at um, the book by, um, I think it's called The Malay Traditional House by Lim Juan. We can see all the principles of Malay architecture that we can learn. But that's in a small scale, in a habitat or a small dwelling. But all architecture are dwellings, by the way. So they're complex nature and they they need to be broken down somehow. Because what are scale but the feeling of being away from home, of being nurtured, of being comforted by a sense of dwelling. The sense of dwelling is another issue that I'd like to incorporate into here Because if we're going to put context in, we're going to think about phenomenology. I'm referring to um, the book by, The Concept of Dwelling by Christian Norbert Schultz, for example, whereby when you feel at home, I mean, we're talking about identity. And if I were to say I identify as so-and-so, i i identify as an architect or i identify as a parent or a mother or a father or a a, um, a daughter or a son i identify as a lawyer i identify as what am i comfortable with i'm comfortable with my language i'm comfortable with familiarity a sense of comfort right so if i want to do a museum a war museum like What Libishkin did in Manchester. I want to have a narrative that is going to take me into a place where it is skewered, it is dark, it is reflecting on the past, it is mourning, it is grieving. I don't feel comfortable in that. Just say most of our buildings are to do with schools, to do with community centers, to do with Uh, libraries and markets, and to do with the everyday, the office, environment, the hospital, clinics, to do with housing. Those are dwellings that give us a sense of comfort. So if I were to use Libeskin idea or the Disconstructivist idea, you know, it is more akin to the museum and depending on what museum it is. So the whole issue of identity with regard to the building type called museum... It's something else. Like we have Museum Negara in Kuala Lumpur that was done in the style of a traditional Malay architectural uh, architecture roof, a uh, roof form that is quite prevalent in that design, the, the, the first um, building that is there now. And then you have all the extensions, of, of course. But that depict a monumentality, an identity that is akin to a monumentality that depict as if I need to be conserved because I represent the nation's wealth of uh, cultural information. So whatever that you go into there, you'll be thinking about, yes, this is the building of where all my culture and tradition, um, artifacts from the past is there. But not all architecture has to be identified that way for a school. For example, you can design a school as an open-minded human being that allows all sorts of reading and learning of the world, meaning that it's very open, it's very wide, it gives a lot of spaces, uh, interesting different variety of spaces. It gives accessibility, safety, and usability, and it gives a lot of freedom for thought and adventure. And then you will go into a classroom that is having some sense of communal sense in there. So identity links with the context first, then all the other Cs. And when it links with the context, it links with the people. Only then it makes sense that you're talking about identity because identity is to do with recognition, love, appreciation of cultures, of social cultures, You know, of being with others, exchange of ideas, of being comforted by a space that is safe and secure to learn, for example, when you talk about schools. And then you can go into hotels or whatever, other building types that you wish to talk about. The context, which is who is using it, the user. It is Mitch Moss has opened a dialogue, and I hope a lot more people would... would, uh, um, Give their opinion with regard to this, and it's put in beautiful keywords for us to think about. And I catch that one specifically because the locality, the place, the identity of the place, place identity, whatever you call it, sense of place. Uh, Those place making that sense of if it's in Chow Kit, or is in Kampung Baru, if it's in, and you know in particular Subang Jaya or whatever all these suburbs in Malaysia. Then you identify what comfort, what sense of belonging, what sense of identity do these people want? That's why, in terms of a museum design, we had this conversation earlier. But museum design is not a very challenging um, uh, design thesis because it is you can go in onto the design and create also some narrative. That you can fantasize a lot and then you can do whatever you like. And there's no challenge to that because once you have a dialogue and a debate about identity, for example, that'd be interesting. So if you do a museum that has the issue of identity and the locality, then it would be interesting because you actually create a dialogue in which people could actually converse with you and try to find meaning between what you're trying to say or the stories and the narrative that you try to engage with others, which is what some of the things that students, of, I mean, all students of architecture need to do that is engaging with more and more and trying to uh, debate about things. There I have it. This is the um, podcast, especially for Mr. Mitch Moss out there. Thank you so much. And this is dedicated to you and your fine, fine, fine um, Facebook posts on concept, context, and content. Thanks, Mitch. I hope you're good. Bye.